0: Mark Cuban.
1: Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me.
0: David Stern.
1: Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on.
0: Jeannie Bus, Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett.
1: It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian.
0: Damian Luller. That was for Seattle. <laughs> 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 Maria Taylor. Oh,
1: thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. In your preparation shows you.
0: Tim Howard.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
0: Just to name a few. Nice. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Another great guest lined up for you this week. Mark Cuban, the governor of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. He's also a shark on the hit TV show Shark Tank which is debuting a new season starting October 16th on ABC. Mark is going to take us behind the scenes of how do they film Shark Tank during COVID? It's pretty interesting. Also, lots going on with the NBA, including NBA life in the bubble, the difference between David Stern and Adam Silver, and what lies ahead for the NBA next season. When might they start and what might that look like? That's all ahead with Mark Cuban. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs Griggs always love getting the iconic guests on like Mark Cuban, oh man, he's uh one of our favorites and always has been, and just so charismatic and so smart and he's involved in so many cool projects, so yeah, always a fun interview and uh, excited for this week's show. Mark Cuban's the best he just has such passion and enthusiasm for everything that he does, whether it's being a parent or being the owner of the Dallas Mavericks or being an investor on on Shark Tank, but you know, he has a lot of energy and I think, you know, he bought the Mavericks in, in 2000 and you can feel the energy he has brought to that league and kind of the new generation of NBA owner 2.0. And and I just love the passion that he has. I agree. I mean, you can't ever fault Cuban for not being excited because every time you see him, he is pumped up, arms waving, smiling, jabbing at somebody. It's great. I love the energy. All right. This is a masterclass. Stay tuned my conversation with Mark Cuban coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to mizzenandmain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's mizzenandmain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Maine also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMaine.com, use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMaine.com, code SBR. My guest is Mark Cuban. He is the governor of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. He's also a shark on the hit show Shark Tank, which debuts a new season starting October 16th on ABC. You can follow Mark on Twitter at MCuban. Mark, how are you?
1: I'm doing great,
0: man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I want to start with this. When I think of you, and I think when most people think of you, they think of your deep connection to Mavericks players, whether it was what you did for Dirk last year at the end of the season when he retired and you brought in Barkley and Pippen and uh, Larry Bird and people like that. But more recently personally tracking down Delonte West and, and making sure he gets the help and the care that he needs. You really go above and beyond for your players and coaches. Where does that come from?
1: I mean, it's just being nice. I mean, you know, somebody works for me. I, I try to be supportive. And, you know, we talk about, you know, not just a Maverick while you're here, but a Maverick for life. And, you know, it, he, it, when I saw the pictures of him and everything, it was close to my house. And so I just went driving and looking for him. And during that time called trying to hunt down his mom and was just able to connect up with him and get him some help.
0: But you realize like a lot of people in your position would have just assigned someone in your organization to do that. You doing that personally is really special.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's really special. I mean, honestly, if it was across town, maybe I would have assigned it to somebody else. (laughs) But 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 it literally was just up the street and, you know, two miles away. And and so I just thought it was the right thing to do. And once he called me, um, you know, it just was a matter of timing. I had to go right there and then; otherwise, it wasn't going to work. And and so there was there wasn't any time to think of alternatives. It was just go do it.
0: So now, I mean, think of the difference you're going to make in his life going forward, his family's life. That's got to make you feel well, pretty I hope good. So
1: I mean, look with with um, alcoholism and drug abuse and mental health issues, it's never just as simple as let's just get him to rehab and hope it works from there. Um, it's got to be something that he commits to, and we're able to get a whole team around him and and support him, and get his family around him, which I know they will be, and support him. And you know, it's mental health is just something that we don't fully appreciate the difficulties for for the people that suffer from issues, and you know, it's just a very very difficult set of circumstances. And I hope Delonte can fight his way through it.
0: Well, I tip my hat to you for doing all you can to help him. Dirk played all 21 of his seasons for the Mavericks. Luka Doncic has really taken the torch. He looks poised to be a superstar for many years to come. Mark, the thing that I think a lot of people might not realize is you traded for both Dirk and Luka. It's one thing to identify talent. It's another thing to go all in on that talent. And you've done that. What's kind of the core characteristic that you look for people when you go all in on them?
1: Well, you're telling me it took me 22 years, right? <laughs> Actually, Dirk was traded for before I bought the Mavs. But, yeah, it's look, drafting and trading is always a risk. We've had trades that have worked um, and worked out very well and trades that have not worked out. Nobody trades you somebody, you know, thinking they're making a mistake. Um, they have their reasons as well. And so you always have got to be cognizant of, you know, why why something is happening, what the risk factors are and what the upside is upside is. And then you just have to try to go for it. And, you know, that's the nature of this business. It's it's so much more luck than people truly appreciate. And we really were fortunate with Luca that he's the real deal.
0: No, that's great. Um, and, and again, I think it takes guts to go all in on someone because you could have easily just stayed where you were in the draft, but you obviously no, identified no, I him. Losing.
1: I hate losing, <laughs> and, you know. And when you get a chance to do something special and really, you know, you always want to find the players who are misvalued, right? Where someone doesn't appreciate their talent for some reason, and we really felt Luca fit into that.
0: You've shown a lot of leadership since March, really this year. I mean, you've always shown leadership, but I've been watching you on Twitter. You're offering solutions to small businesses about how they can stay afloat. You're personally investing millions in underestimated founders. We have a lot of CEOs and senior leaders who listen to this show. What should leaders be doing right now?
1: Communicating, listening, being authentic, being honest, Um, because it's difficult for everybody and nobody wants to hear spin. No one wants to be misled. They want to know whoever you know, they have to look up to that they truly can believe in. And, you know, it's like we see from, from our politicians. You know, when it comes to the virus, we don't know who to trust. One day this is the person that they suggest we listen to, then they change this, and then they change this website or that website. You know, so we don't know who to trust. <clears throat> and it's really a necessity right now for, for CEOs and, and leaders to make it so that their stakeholders, their employees, Their shareholders, whoever can truly believe them and trust them, because that's what's in short supply right now. And I'll I'll add to that: you don't have to to be the leader to be a leader. You know, there there are going to be circumstances where you may run a department or you may, you know, be someone on the phone. But you know, because you develop a rapport with people around you that they trust you and believe in you and listen to you. Whoever finds himself in that position, that be a leader. You know, and it always starts with authenticity, honesty, communications, and trust.
0: Speaking of being leaders, I really feel like the NBA has been leaders in social justice issues, and you've turned your arena into a voting location. What do you see the responsibility of the Mavericks being regarding social justice issues and, and making sure people are able to vote?
1: You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it social justice issues as opposed to just trying to encourage citizens to be you know good american citizens and vote um it's something that benefits the country regardless of who we vote for um it's something that we need to do more of not enough people vote um i think third 25 30 percent of the population eligible population didn't vote in 2016. that that needs to change and we really want to encourage people um and support them and so you know, we have a facility that's centrally located, has access to public transportation, is big enough to support however many polling, um, polling booths that we need. And so we decided it was the right thing to do, and not just to do that, but to promote people and, and try to help them be able to get out and vote during the early voting period and, and on Election Day.
0: I want to head out on some uh, NBA topics with you. We're in the middle of the NBA Finals. I've seen you talk about this on on Twitter a lot. How should we be calculating sports media consumption? Because it's not just about TV viewership anymore, is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we calculate it at all. (laughs) You know, the the reason ratings exist is for advertisers to make decisions on where to advertise. Now, if you're you're an NBA fan or not an NBA fan, I don't know why you would care. I mean, (laughs) the thing about it is, are you enjoying the games or are you not? You know, and if we want to have a discussion about the presentation, that, that's great. If we want to have a discussion about, you know, different features of a broadcast, that's great too. But to me, I mean, it's just more partisanship and that's really what it's become. Um, you know, I, I never really cared what the, you know, when I watch a show on television or when I stream, streaming is a better example, right? Do you use Netflix? I do. Do you use Amazon prime? I don't. Okay. Or an, any other streaming? Yeah. Series? Apple and okay so for all the streaming content that you've looked at have you ever looked at the viewership numbers do you even know the viewership numbers nope do you care nope there you go right so all you know when people decide to talk about the nba ratings for better or worse or nhl or nfl nfl you know it's sport it's a different kind of sport where they're trying to make a typically a political point and you know to me that's It's fun for me sometimes to argue on Twitter because you get people who who try to troll you and don't really know what they're talking about, so it can be fun. That's a competitive side of me, Um, but it's really a useless event (laughs) when you think about it. It serves absolutely no purpose.
0: The upcoming NBA season, I know we're not done with this one quite yet, but Adam Silver has been quoted as saying it's probably going to start sometime in 2021 and not before then. When do you think is the right time to start the NBA season? And what do you need to see, Mark, in order to say, okay, we're ready to go?
1: I think we need to have a vaccine that people are confident in and people aren't afraid to go outside of their houses. You know? And when I say afraid, it doesn't mean that you won't go out. It means you know, you're not going to take grandma and grandpa to a game because you're concerned about their health. When, when we get past that, I think that's the right time. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful and, and so also somewhat confident that we will get a vaccine before the end of the year. Um, and so I think, you know, February seems like a good time to shoot for. Um, but it's really going to take a vaccine and people feeling confident that they can go out and have fun again. And when they do have that confidence, I think we're going to see a snapback for location-based entertainment and live events. Like we've never seen before, because if you think about it, you know, watching sports on TV is one thing, but going to an event and just the experience of screaming or yelling at a game or in a concert, you know, singing along, that energy you feel when you walk into the arena for a game, those are things you can't replicate at home. So I'm not worried about how things will be when we go back to the arenas, but I, you know, in terms of will fans want to go, but you know, we're going to need to see them be confident.
0: What's the new normal going to look like? Cuz you're someone who's a visionary, you can reimagine things. It's going to be different. There's going to be a new normal.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that, you know, we that change us. You know, a lot of it is going to be how how we are as consumers. We we shop a lot more online right now. We trust it. We buy our groceries online. We buy meal kits or whatever, you know, we're into. I mean, I know myself personally. Like I'm on this kick of eating um watermelon and honeydew melon chunks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that sounds good. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, I've gotten into them. And I just order them pretty much every other day from Amazon Fresh or um, Whole Foods on Amazon. And all my habits have changed in terms of grocery shopping. And now when I travel, you know, I'll buy things. Instead of buying room service or going to a local restaurant, I'll buy things, you know, have them delivered to my room. And so we're a lot of people's habits are going to change. And I think, you know, we're going to have to be a much more digitally oriented um commerce environment um and that's going to change retail much as walmart came into small towns and changed the nature of retail there you're going to see digital change the nature of business and retail and i think on one hand it's going to be devastating to restaurants and theaters and um and and just retailers in general Um, but on the other hand you're going to see new ways of doing commerce and new exciting things you can do online that we otherwise might not have done. And you know, hopefully you'll end up being creative destruction where we things are better off. Kind of like when we went from albums to CDs to downloads to streaming, You know, people lost their jobs unfortunately along the way, but we created a lot more jobs along the way as well. And hopefully the same thing will happen here as we go forward. And the other thing I'll add to that, I think you'll see a whole lot more ambient voice, meaning things like Amazon Alexa and Google Home, where people are trying to reduce their touch points And places you go, they'll just react to a voice, not even necessarily your personalized voice. And that'll make it easier to do things and get around places and people will feel safer. And it'll also be more effective and more
0: efficient. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering, to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner.
1: A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence.
0: Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Now back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. I was very close with late commissioner David Stern. Uh, I know you guys had your run-ins, but what lessons did he teach you? I mean, you bought the Mavericks in 2000, and he was the commissioner. And Is there anything he kind of oh, taught yeah, you along the way?
1: David. I mean, we sparred all the time. And he. the funny thing is he used to say, Cuban, I made you. Because <laughs> every time that I got fined, it would be major media story in the sports world. Right. And, and he would laugh about it, and he knew exactly what I was doing, that I knew exactly what I was doing with it. Um, But, you know, I had a great relationship with David, and I miss him a lot. He he was truly a great man. And, yeah, you know, in terms of what he taught me, you know, he taught me bigger picture. Like, I was not a fan of going to China initially. Um, And, you know, to me, China always had, uh, you know, China had a lot of potential, and it always will, meaning It was very difficult to really turn it into a real business. And he had a a much bigger vision of going globally, that he was right and I was wrong. And, you know, so I learned quite a bit about the global nature of business because, you know, the businesses I'd had, maybe we're in business in Japan, but we never did business with China. And and so just so many, or China or India or Africa, for that matter. and And so he really opened my eyes to the global nature of business.
0: You're inside those Board of Governors meetings, and I imagine they're being done virtually now. I know Adam, too, and I know he's very different than David. How has he been during this year? Because, boy, has he really had to put on his thinking cap.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the day he took over, there's been one thing after another. But Adam is great. He's a great listener. He's very forward-thinking and visionary. He knows how to incorporate different ideas um, from such a variety of governors, right? We're all so different in so many ways, but he, you know, he'll listen to everybody and, and, and make you feel listened to as well. And then, you know, make decisions. And so far it worked out really, really well. I mean, you know, and he's also good at execution of things. I mean, the fact that we were able to make the bubble work, is just so insane when you think about it. I mean, you know, not to have a single positive and to have guys talking about, you know, the positive nature of the experience, um and to have basketball, you know, the games be incredible. That's such a, a testament to his ability. Um it, what a great accomplishment. And you know, and not only was it big for the NBA, but it set example for not just sports but, but for other businesses to say, Look, there's a way to do this if you're careful and if you put safety first and you don't cut corners and you know, you make you know, masking a requirement. Um you know, just think about that. I mean, in the NBA, in a bubble where everybody's tested, we still required masks everywhere, every time, and nobody tested positive. Just think if we were able to extrapolate that to the, to our entire country, everybody did the exact same way. So we know there's a way to open up the economy. We know there's a way to make it work. We just have to get people to, to really buy in, like we got our players and staff um, and the other participants down there to buy in
0: amen all right i want to talk to you about shark tank season 12 debuts on october 16th Uh how is filming on abc how has filming been different this year during COVID? i've seen some of the the teasers and you're seated you know six feet apart but how is it different
1: crazy different um first our bubble was a lot stricter than the nba's bubble really literally oh my goodness literally there was tape on the floor tape on the walls we would go from our room to a specified elevator bank that only we had access to down to the the bottom floor. We were in a big hotel. Then we had to follow the tape um, to hair, to our, our dressing room where we changed. Then we went, followed the tape to makeup where the makeup artist had basically hazmat suits on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then we followed the tape to um, the set. We shot Shark Tank. We broke, you know, we went from 9 a.m. basically with an hour break for lunch to excuse me, 7 p.m. straight. We had to go straight back to our rooms, no nothing else, and then start over the next day. And so that in and of itself meant when we got to the set, we were caged animals. We were ready to, to really dig in and have fun and, and do deals. And that's exactly what happened. And also realized the entrepreneurs had to quarantine as well. It wasn't like the entrepreneurs just showed up. They had to be there for eight days, quarantine, taking tests like we did a test every third day, I think. They also had to take tests and do the same thing. And so by the time, you know, to go through that and then to come and present to us, the pressure was on. You knew they really wanted to be there. And so the companies were better because, you know, the commitment that was required, the deals were bigger and better because, you know, they really wanted deals, that's why they were there. The entrepreneurs were great, I mean, the sharks were were battling it out because we, like I said, we were caged up in our room, not able to see sunlight, you know, let alone other people. It was funny because there was this one, there's the set of slats where our elevator bank was, and you could see on the other side where there were some people. And I remember just walking by there every day, going, "Oh, I just wish I could talk to real people." <laughs> <laughs> but the season's going to be crazy good, and I did more deals. i probably not supposed to say this. I did more deals this season than I ever have in a season.
0: That's fantastic. So does it take a week, two weeks, three weeks? How long does it take it to took, shoot an entire season? So two blocks
1: of 10 days. No, 12 days, I think, was the first one, and nine days was the second one. So it took us 21 days of shooting.
0: Wow. And then, you know, when this started, I ran out and bought a product called Foam Soap, which I yep. saw on Shark Tank. Lori yep. is the shark yeah, who Yeah, I deal. wanted
1: that deal. I don't lose many deals, but I lose. I lost that one to Lori because um, – and, you know – it, they've done great, man. They're just crushing it right now.
0: So are there, you know, without giving away details, are there some companies that come on in season 12 who have kind of pivoted during this pandemic to cater their products, to help people during oh, this new normal? All of them. Oh, that's great. All of them.
1: Right. Cause nobody can just continue doing business as is right? Um, without having to adapt some. And so everybody had to, to really maybe not 180 degree pivot, but definitely adjust and change. And it really created some crazy, crazy businesses that we saw, um, and I, I wish I could tell you about them. But let me let's just say I made one, two, three million dollar plus deals that where I invested a million dollars plus in a company, and probably another five that are five hundred thousand dollars plus. I mean, literally, I invested more and more companies than I ever have and because those businesses were so committed and they were so agile, so resilient, and so forward-thinking. It was exciting. It really, really was. It was insane. I I just wish I could tell you
0: more about stuff. (laughs) I can tell you're like chomping at the bit to give out some details, but that makes us want to watch it even more. What and on October sixteenth on ABC? Exactly, October sixteenth. <laughs> Trust me. Well, no one will know. No one will uh, not know when that date is and when it's going to debut. What's the mindset that entrepreneurs need to have in this new normal, in your opinion? Agility, um, authenticity, the ability to communicate, um, the ability
1: to be resilient, and the ability to be honest with themselves and their employees because things are different. No employee, no customer, no prospect is going to listen to or accept spin. Oh, it's no big deal. Nobody is going to believe that. And particularly your employees. I mean, you know, everybody's terrified. You know, the CEO, the entrepreneurs are terrified. the Employees are terrified because there's so much uncertainty and we don't know who to trust and we don't know what's right and what's wrong and when this ends. And so, you know, you've got to be brutally honest. And then you've got to also um, be self-aware individually and as a business that things are changing. You know, we talked about the transition to more digital and online sales. You know, if you're pure retail, that's gonna be a challenge. People are going to be afraid to just walk in for some period of time. And you know, malls, there's not gonna be as much mall traffic. There's not gonna be as much shopping center traffic. There's gonna be so many differences in how we live our lives that maybe aren't, aren't, aren't night and day, but you know, if there's a 25% change in traffic where you do your business, you know, that's gonna have an impact. If you're in an office building where the primary tenant decides to do more work from home and not to immediately come back, how does that affect your coffee shop or how does that affect your um, shine stand? How does that affect your office product store that's there? So many things you have to be brutally honest about with yourself that it's not easy. It's hard.
0: Going back to the show, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I've always wanted to ask you this. So you have no problem calling out the companies who you think are just on the show for the shark tank Tank effect, right? You know, they're just on there for exposure. How does a company decide whether to keep grinding on their own versus taking on outside investors?
1: You always want to go without investors as long as you can, as long as you can. Because the only way that you're going to get, you know, the, the more of a company you own, the more upside you have. I would not be a billionaire if, we had, if it weren't for me investing the money to start audionetbroadcast.com. Um, if I would have taken investors right off the bat when there was, you know, there was only a concept and not a real business, then I would have had to, get up to give up too much of the company. And people also have to realize that when you raise money, it's not an accomplishment, it's an obligation. If Brian's investing his money in a company, you're gonna to want to return, right? And you, you're gonna to wanna to know what's going on and you want to, you're gonna to wanna to hold that entrepreneur accountable. And that's the same across the board. And so when you just own it yourself or with friends and family money, let's say, then you have complete control and that's a huge benefit to, to what you're doing. And particularly if things if you run into challenges, you know, if things aren't going great. Your, your investors are going to know what, want to know what's going on. Like I right. get my weekly reports and, you know, tell me what you know why things aren't the way you said they were going to be or what you're going to do because of all the changes. And, you know, you have to be willing and able to explain that to your investors, whereas no investors, you don't have to do that.
0: So hang on to that equity unless you're getting a shark to help you, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, there's going to be times like if your business grows and you need cash to amplify and accelerate your growth, that's fine. Right. If it's going profitably, because there's two things for growth: there's non-profitable growth and there's profitable growth. Too often, particularly in Silicon Valley, you know, I've seen deals where people have invested $500 million to do $100 million in sales. They're basically giving away the product at a loss, hoping to own the market, um, and that's difficult. That you know, it can work sometimes, but it doesn't work most of the time. And so you've got to make the, the very important decision of which approach you're going to make. And I think particularly now with the pandemic going on, VCs and investors aren't willing just to fund unprofitable growth. So, you know, if you have a company that's growing successfully and profitably and you want to accelerate it, then it can be okay to take in outside capital because you have a track record and you're not going to have to give away near as much of the company as if – you are
0: not profitable. Just a couple more questions. Uh, I've seen Charles Barkley, Maria Sharapova, Alex Rodriguez. They join you on shark tank. Is that like, you know, when you're going to play basketball with one of your players and they see you coming on to play one-on-one and their eyes get real big or your eyes getting big when you see one of these Absolutely. athletes. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely the way I look at it. And, and, you know, I, I always call him the rookie. I'm like, okay, Rook, I'm gonna, now it's
0: my turn.
1: <laughs> so I always mess with him.
0: That's great. Well, it looks like they have fun on there and, and they've oh, yeah. done some they, deals. Make
1: sure they have fun for sure.
0: One of your favorite sayings, I've heard you say this a few times, how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. What does that mean? Um, it means, you know, you gotta pay
1: attention to the details. It, it, that's something I, I didn't learn till I got older. I mean, I wish I would known when I was younger and that I harp on with my kids. You know, it's like, if you're going to learn something, learn it. If you're going to start a project, finish it. If you're going to, if you see something on the floor, pick it up and throw it away. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not gonna be in the habits of paying attention to detail for the big things. And that that's pretty much the, the gist of it.
0: I love it. All right, last question. I know you're a dad like me. I've got an almost 16-year-old daughter. I know you have two daughters and a son, right? Yeah, two daughters. Son's 11, and my daughters are 14 and 17. This is such a weird time to parent because, well, you know, kids are learning distance-wise, and, and they're not seeing their friends. They're not playing sports. What's your advice to parents out there who are trying to navigate this time with their kids?
1: Oh, you know, every kid's different. Um, I've just, you know, I tried to, I tried to, to be, um, my wife and I tried to be considerate of the circumstances, particularly with my older daughter who's just turned 17 and trying to be social and trying to hang with our friends and really make it clear that the underwriting or the overriding issue is safety. Right. You've you've got you can't compromise on safety. You've got to wear your mask everywhere. You've got to be careful, you know, because the the number one place where infections are passed aren't outside, but they're in the home. And so if you bring it back, we're the ones getting sick or your grandparents may get sick or your aunts and uncles or cousins may get sick. And so, you know, that's really the number one message is you've got to be careful when it comes to safety. And you've got to always wear your mask, even if your friends don't think it's cool.
0: Great advice. Mark Cuban, governor of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. He's also a shark on Shark Tank. It debuts October 16th on ABC. Follow him on Twitter at MCuban. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate it.
0: You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. CBDMD is the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio, and I couldn't be happier. Their products have made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my daughter's life, even our dog's life. I was having a difficult time sleeping, and CBDMD CBD PM drops and capsules have allowed me to sleep better than I have in years. CBD Freeze has been amazing for my daughter and I after we work out. Even our dog loves CBDMD's soft chews. They've got a great array of products. And one of the things I like the most about CBDMD's products, they're all THC-free. That was very important to me. CBDMD is also the first American CBD company to be publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Check them out under the ticker symbol YCBD. Athletes such as two-time Masters champion golfer Bubba Watson, former NFL wide receiver turned broadcaster Nate Burleson, and UFC athletes Daniel Cormier and Chael Son and use CBDMD's high-quality products. Change your quality of life just like I did. These are anxious times for a lot of us, and CBDMD's products have helped me sleep better and just live a a higher quality of life. Visit CBDMD.com and enter the promo code SBR to save 25% off at checkout. That's CBDMD.com, promo code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD. And Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at MolkaSports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A Sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.